1: Hey, this is Frank Servalli, and you're listening to the Nasty Knuckles Podcast.
3: You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast. With your host, Terry Nasty, Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer, Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off.
0: All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up,
3: Cuddles? How you doing?
0: (laughs) Well, Cuddles, you got the nice light pink. I like it, salmon. What do you you call that? It's not
3: salmon, it's pink.
0: Oh, well. Yeah. It looks nice. I like yours, too. It's pretty I so. Yeah. Uh, Looking what's pretty up, good. Man? New bucket, too?
3: I got a new Bucky on, you know, this whole thing. <laughs> Not a big deal. <laughs> um, what's up, fresh. man? Yeah, you, you, you missed another uh, men's league game, but we don't have to get into all that. We did find a way to win without you.
0: Well, I was there in spirit. You were know, you? Cheering, cheering I, you guys on. Yeah, maybe, had, maybe actually sleeping. but
3: You were probably sleeping. But, uh, yeah, man, um, since we last uh, had a show – we, we we may have jinxed the boys. Yeah. Uh, honestly, it, it's been a, a tough run the last yeah. <laughs> ten days. I dropped seven straight, and um, more injuries piled on. Uh, TK goes down. lots goes down. Um, old Wade. Yeah, Wade Allison. It's just it's been tough right now. But I, I will say this: the other night, the Calgary game. They're battling, man. I mean, yeah. they're playing hard. They're not losing those games, you know, without effort, at least. And it's tough when you're missing, honestly, five, five of your top six forwards. Yep. Almost. I mean, it's it's close to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, our last post slash drop with uh, with with Bundy didn't age very well. You know, I think he said no <laughs> down seven since then, um, but. Yeah, I, I agree. I was at the game. Um, you know, I, th- I thought the first period was, you know, fl- I say Flyers outplay them outside of the couple odd man rushes right. that they gave up and they scored on. You know, there was a, you know big McEwen was arguably the Flyers' best player, big big Telly there in the first, yeah. and then he was skating well, attacking the net. Um, but yeah, just don't have enough substance there. You know, you, you're missing you know, five, five out of your six top guys. It's tough, um, but uh, I'm not sure how this gets any better. It's going to get demoralizing if they don't find ways to yeah. to squeeze in a couple wins here and there.
3: I I, I like Torts in his press conferences, though. Um, you know, like he's honest. You know, well, two of the goals are two on ones. Yeah. you can't have those breakdowns, no, especially you when you're missing some key parts of your team. But it's like you know of. A, a, a D man pinches, you know, this you coach, it's got to you know, you got to cover for him and it didn't yep. happen. And he, he brought that up and thought Carter played really well. I mean, he's just not getting the results because they're now that what we kind of talked about could be an issue. The goal, the goal score and where it's going to come from. Right. Well, you we lost a few of your goal scores. Yep. Now, obviously you got three, what? 36 sheets sitting up in the press box, $36 yep. million. Dollars. Yeah. it's a lot. Um, You know, that, I don't care what team it is. That's yeah. it's just hard. You're not not making excuses. They're playing hard. Um, it is what it is. But you know, hopefully, they find a way to get a win uh, against Washington, which is their next game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, they're they're in a situation now that it's not going to be easy. You know, it, it was a grind even when they were as healthy as they they could have been outside of you know Kutz and a couple of these guys that are. Uh, on the shelf, a little bit long, more longer term, but yeah, they're gonna really struggle with scoring goals and, and finding ways to win win games. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be fun, um, but it's gonna be a challenge. And hopefully, that these these guys can rise up to the occasion. Young guys step up and, and, and get more minutes. Um, you know, guys that. More middle-tier roles, stepping up and finding ways to contribute. It's the only way that I know well, I've been in these situations before. It, yeah, right. exactly. They're forced into Going to find it, so. a way. That's uh, it's really that's it. I mean, there's nothing else to, really to say. Yeah. Um, but got to stop the bleeding somewhere. Yeah, you
3: know? hopefully it stops and Wash.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I mean,
3: You come back with a tough game Friday against the uh, Penguins. Um, Washington hasn't been playing that great. Uh, they they have a lot of injuries too, which we know when we were down there. We saw a few of their guys, but uh, hopefully they find a way to win and wash, and then uh, you know find get, some wins here. Coming up,
0: skip back on the the winning winning track because it's it's it's, Not gonna cont- be it's contagious. No, you know you you know you, you 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 go in a in a direction that's trending well. You win games, and then the opposite is true, right? We see this right now with the Flyers, but you see this with. What St. Louis Blues? You drop yeah. eight. Now you win eight. Um, pretty amazing. It is actually. pretty amazing how this works. We've seen this before in the past. Right, lose ten, win ten, vice versa. Right. Um, you know, it's not out of question that they can start rattling off some wins. It's just going to require a lot of damn near perfect work. games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Exactly. The,
3: the odd men rushes have to. Yeah, you have to stop you know, those,
0: minimize those.
3: But uh, hopefully, they get back on a winning track here.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Anything else going on in your world,
3: Nest? Not much, but I'll tell you what I am doing. I'm counting down the days to February. Oh, fans theater. of Philly, yes. Heading to Seattle, then to Vancouver. February fifteenth, we'll be leaving. Uh, our good friend Joe, with fans of Philly, what a what a job they do. Yes, and uh, if you have not signed up for that trip, you need to go check them out.
0: Yes, I can't wait. Fans of Philly, Fansofphilly.com dot com. Yes, um, we had an amazing time last year. Yep, Nash. can't wait, man. I can't wait. Uh, met some interesting people that we've seen on a couple of these uh, these trips now that we've landed up building relationships with. So it's it's beyond just you know going to games with other Flyer fans. Right. It's kind of a, a community within a community, if you will. Yes. Right, uh, which is an amazing experience. And Joe, he does an amazing yeah, job. He does an amazing job. He is very thorough, very detailed. So appreciate uh, all that he's done with with, with that and how yeah. are you?
3: Definitely the best sports travel agency in the area. Not even close.
0: I would agree with you on that, Nast, 100%. And then another thank you to our sponsors, our good friends at Cureleaf. Yes. This episode is presented to you by Cureleaf. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or just getting acquainted to this incredible plant, Curaleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google CureLeaf PA or stop by one of their 18 locations across the Commonwealth or check out curaleaf.com forward slash locations. Big thank you to all our sponsors. I think we're ready to rock NAST. Let's do it. Episode 94 with our good friend Frank Ceraveli.
3: Here we go. Let's
0: go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote.
3: And I'm Derek Sotomayor, and this week we're lucky to have our good friend, Mr. Frank Saravalli, the host of Daily Face-Off, NHL Insider. What's up, brother? Glad to be with you guys. What's going on? Oh, not much, man. Just, just watching you blow up, man. Yeah. So weird, right? <laughs> uh, what a ride.
1: Like, start, As you guys know, started out covering the Flyers here, and... I've never left. I think mostly everyone assumed that I've lived in Canada for the last number of years. I worked in Canada for eight years now. Always lived in the Philly area, done it from my house, my basement, wherever I needed to, get on a plane, and uh, it's been pretty awesome.
3: Yeah. That's it's amazing. It's been uh, fun watching you, man. Uh, such a young start when you started with the Flyers. I mean, uh, obviously, I was there, so I've known you for quite a while. Um, really impressive. Really impressive that you got that job and uh did it did a really good job and I think we were talking about yesterday I said one of the things I really like about you when you got that job is that like you didn't play pro hockey or anything but you grew up playing hockey and you understand the game I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes you know nothing against any writers or, or or people like that but they get thrown oh you're gonna cover the flyers they maybe not know a damn thing about hockey but it's, it's good when someone actually understands a game like yourself.
1: Yeah, it's been a lifelong passion. I mean, I was never a great player. Like, I was a A player around here and played, you know, low-level junior hockey and was never – I knew from a really early age, I was like, I'm not anywhere near good enough to be something. So I always wanted to – I was like, the next best thing to carve out a career in hockey is to be a reporter. That was like the one attainable, accessible job for me and – that's like I set my sights on that kind of like I knew kind of like eight, nine years old, oh, 10 wow. years old that I wanted to be a reporter. Oh, wow. I was always kind of decently good at writing. And I was like, by 14, I was already doing it, you know, on a scale that I could, you know, continue to work at it.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, you mean to get your the job with the Flyers, uh, well, covering the Flyers with 20, 21 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh,
1: just just luck Sometimes, like you never know like right place right time um i had interned at the paper for a long time they knew i wanted to cover hockey and for most like major newspapers especially here even here in this town no one really grew up playing that works in that department no one really knows anything about hockey and so they kind of just take the newest guy or the cheapest guy Mm. and put them on hockey and for me, it was like, <laughs> no, I really want to do that. Yeah. So then when they had an opening, I don't know. Do you remember Ed Moran? Yeah. Yeah. So he was the guy that covered it before me at the Daily News. And he he left like three weeks before training camp.
3: He was and coaching, I, right? Like row, uh, yeah. Row. Women's. Yeah, he women's went to become rowing. a women's rowing coach. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, I
1: remember at, that. at Lowell, Mass., I think. Yeah. And, uh, For me, I I just happened to be in the right place. I graduated college in three years, which is kind of weird. No one does. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to get the job. I just happened to be available, and they're like, hey, come in and interview, and that was it.
0: Wow. That's That's interesting. That's impressive. And you had been obviously working with them as an intern, as you mentioned, so you laid out the groundwork that you wanted to be there, that you were committed and all that good stuff. So the timing thing usually takes care of itself when you're actually doing the right work right and in the right place
1: yeah i mean it's one of those things like what do they say like the harder you work the luckier you get yeah right like that was kind of one of those things i just fell into it and it's kind of been a series i don't know why i can't explain it like luck wise end up in different spots like um the reason i ended up at tsn is they lost the national rights in canada and they were like hey we're gonna beef up our coverage of the nhl we don't have the games on our network anymore. We need to give people a reason to come to our website, come watch our shows. And huh. just while I was covering the flyers, I ended up developing a good relationship with Bob McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, he put in the good word for me. I got the Bob Father bump. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You and then get that. And that was it. I was in. And it, was yeah. like, it was amazing. So yeah, I go from awesome. here to there. And then at a certain point, I ended up leaving and I was like, I had enough at TSN. I was like, I, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Needed a change. And just quit on a dime in May in 2021. Sort of right in the, a year into the pandemic. And I was like, I've had enough. I can't, I can't work one more day here. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, I was in a spot. I was, I like made a list of all these things. I was like, I'm ready to give up this. I got to sell my car. Like whatever I need to do. <laughs> if I don't have any money, I can't work here anymore. Threw in my resignation, I had no idea what would happen. It was a Monday, and by Friday, I'd hooked up and agreed to terms to go to Daily Faceoff and help start and run that. Amazing. yeah. And I was thinking the whole time I might be doing something else. Like, I, Hopefully, I can go to TNT or ESPN or somewhere, and you never know. Uh,
0: it's,
3: it's a amazing, weird world man. how life works out. Yeah, yeah I, I know when, when I was uh, pushed out the door, I had no idea what I was going to do, but I had to pull my pants up here and figure out what I was gonna do and so and you came over to the dark side. Yeah yeah, yeah. I <laughs> came the over, media. but but I, I, I love it. And we, we you know we got together and talked and you know ended up doing this and now we're ninety four in, ninety whatever we're yeah at, 94. You know,
1: 94 Um seventy five percent of podcasts, don't know if you know this, don't make it past
3: episode eight. I did um, not know that. I did not know that. So wow. there you go. We've been we've been fortunate uh, yeah with with you know the the connections we've made over the years like you know like yourself and and uh it's been a lot of fun and we sure we really appreciate you coming on
1: no i've been uh, enjoying watching it and you guys have had some unreal get like it's great to you guys have the relationship with players and different staff members that have been through the flyers organization to get them to come in here sit in this chair and yeah it's and been be fun. comfortable that's really hard to do. Like, I'm as a media guy, it's hard to make people comfortable enough to talk. And so, you've
3: gotten a lot out of some really good stories. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got a question for you, <clears throat> Frank. Like, so when you're doing TSN, like, I always wonder because I'm a I'm a hockey nerd, man. I watch. I love watching the deadline. I love watching the free agency. Is that just nuts? Like when, especially you're li- you're going live or whatever, and I live so for go- ten hours. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, my guy, right. and you're on your phone, and like I'm not asking any secrets, but it's like, it, it's crazy, man. Like if you, you break something, there's we'll get into that. You you broke something a couple years ago, but uh, but what's that like, man?
1: It's actually the day itself you're exhausted by the end of it but it's the run up to it that's the most exhausting it's like like so this year the deadline is march 3rd by like mid-january i'll be in full-blown trade deadline mode like every part of every day is all talking trades and wow. making your list and talking to people around the league and it's just the run up to it is exhausting Oh, it's like okay. yeah, you're ready to fall over
0: i can't imagine yeah, yeah it's I, a lot of a lot of prep right? a sense. lot of conversations yeah, right because you how else are you going to
1: fill it? the 10 hours yeah like, exactly you have to have <laughs> stuff that you can talk about and people you can talk to yes to really make it work
0: and, 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 and people you can reference right i mean so you, you're you're suggesting i talked to so and so from so and so organization and th- that's kind of your anchor to what you would talk about right i mean whether it's truthful or not or in, in the end right is that how it goes like
1: 100 well, like you so think about what i was just saying about the work like if i were to just wait until march 3rd to all of a sudden phone up yeah. so-and-so gm or so-and-so agent or assistant gm like they're gonna be like buzz off like i, I like <laughs> Uh, these conversations are years and months in the making of like hey what are you thinking about this what, what are your plans for this how are you going to manage this position or your salary cap or it's a constant evolving conversation
0: yeah right and yep. are general managers like pretty open and honest with you or are they they kind of show your hand their hand kind of always not? have
1: a filter like you're you're you can't ever really take anything you, they say at face value right because you're always assuming that you're being used in some way misled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But in some ways, um, you know, also who you're talking to, right? Like, you know, the relationship or rapport you have with someone that, you know, you might've put in 10 years by now and you can know whether you trust that person or not. Sure, right? Right. So there's always that filtering process that goes on. Um, so you do have to be careful, but I would say for the most part, Everyone always asks me, like, why do GMs or why do agents, why do they tell you stuff? Mm -hmm. And the reason is, like, it's a two-way street. Like, I also talk to other people and then share information that's helpful to them. Ah, right. right. Of course. And then they provide something back that's helpful to me. So it's, in some ways, like a little transactional. Yeah. But if you're doing it right, if you actually have real credible information... It can be very helpful to them.
0: Sure, right? Yeah, to understand the, the
1: how the league is operating and who, you know, who's doing what. I kind of they're wondering in their chair, like, what is this team up to, or what are they thinking? I'm like, well, I talked to that guy 15 minutes ago. I know what he's thinking. Hmm. And so you're kind of, makes sense. Yeah, I never thought
0: about that. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because I, I always wondered the same thing, like, why the hell. Would a GM want to show their hand fully to you know a media reporter I mean but that makes a ton of sense it is transactional for sure
1: well the other part of it is a trust factor right yeah. like right. that I'm not gonna take his plan and blow it up and show everyone mm-hmm. and the other part is that um, you have to filter yourself what you know and what you share right so I always say, and the, the guy I just talked about that I leaned on for a long time and he showed me the ropes and how to do it, Bob McKenzie, whatever he tweeted or said on TV was probably only 5% of what he knew. Mm. Oh. And so the other 95% he keeps tucked away under his hat and uses it and shares it okay. and then only lets out what he absolutely needs to. And that's really powerful, right? Yeah, like those hey, are the best yeah. reporters that really know all the shit that don't tell everyone. Yeah. And so to get in on the sort of, that's where the insider part of it comes in to get in on that. It's like it's pretty eye opening, right? Yeah, right. Right. And so I, there are plenty of GMs around the league that I don't talk to that are just like, they think they view me as worthless. Yeah, right. Which is fine. I'm never offended by that. They just don't have any time for me, Mm -hmm. um, or anyone in my line of work, and that's fine. There's plenty that are, and there's plenty of agents and assistant GMs and scouts and. Directors of player personnel that you can, every, someone's willing to talk somewhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing. I yeah. Just- just laying out that little... Uh, equipment guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, equipment yeah. guys. Right?
3: Yeah. Just exactly. laying
0: out a few crumbs, right? Yeah. They don't want to lay out the full cookie, right? Because, yeah, there's strategy involved. Yeah, I never why really you, thought or, much or, about why it. Why
3: are you taking that nameplate off that jersey? And that <laughs> yeah, right. Why are you packing up that <laughs> guy's gear? <laughs> <Yeah, why? laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. So, yeah. Going to the practice <laughs> rink. Yeah, yeah relieving. People what?
1: would always say to me, why is there any value? Like, so when I was... Starting out, we we would go to everything, right? Like, we had, like, an unlimited travel budget and be like, you're at every game, every practice, and you saw me. Mm -hmm. It was probably annoying how often you guys saw me. But you see shit. Yeah. You pay attention. 100%. And it's just about showing up and just observing. That is a skill that is lost on so many people. Oh, yeah. I
0: agree, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That is the truth. People
1: say, why do you need to be in the locker room after a game as a media person? And I say, well... Having been in hundreds, I understand there's a mood, there's mm. an energy, there's a feel, and no one even has to say anything. It's a, right. And you you know what it's like when you walk in.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, you learn a lot about uh, people and teams. Based being on in that.
3: a locker room, growing up your whole life playing hockey, unlike some people that may not understand what you understand you know what I mean like if you subtle never- cues that like yes. it's it's not even anything
1: you can describe in a story but it's like you know that something's off with that team yes yeah. or something's on yeah right. to the point right yeah when you have a team that has some mojo like in 2010 mm. yeah that was like you could feel something happening even before they made the playoffs like yeah. I'm not saying I saw like a run to the Cup final right. coming but Yep. I its the weirdest thing. Okay, so I had the same feeling earlier this year with the Phillies. Like I was watching what was going on, and I was like, "There's this team has like a something. Yeah, they have a little something, and yep. you can you can pick up on that.
0: Hundred no. percent. You can't quantify that. You said it's it's something you feel, you observe, um, but is real, right? That momentum, that energy." good good bad or indifferent right yeah. you've seen you know 100%. yeah teams that go down the down the tube that really struggle with right. keeping that chemistry together you know but
3: uh frank I, w- I was watching the show uh yesterday with you and mike uh, mckenna and i I, w- I was very interested with your your uh trade get your your list and uh we were kind of talking about that yesterday as well like with Duclair, how w- what a crazy situation that is but what, like, in Toronto, that whole mess with their Muzzin out, and, and uh, what, what, do you, what do you think they do there? I'd
1: imagine something big is happening. Just actually, in, this is, like, another subtle thing, is, like, how quickly they place Morgan Riley on LTIR. Mm. They don't need the cap space, really. Like, if they were going to make a, a trade for any of the other guys that were on my list that I put out last week, I had six potential fits to replace Jake Muzzin they don't need all of that cap space just for one. of Like there's something, it feels like there's something larger. Right. Yeah. 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 Otherwise they would take their time, slow play it, add Morgan Riley to LTIR when they need to, that it told me right away, the fact that they put him on the next morning, it was like, we want the flexibility as much as we can get our hands on right now. Mm. And so I think something is, something big is coming at some point. There may be like a, in the intermediary there may be some sort of small stopgap acquisition like just a warm body that you can plug yeah, on your defense right. so that you're not in a spot where you're constantly running out Victor Mete and Mac Hollowell and those guys at the back end of their depth chart but i don't there's no way this team as currently constituted with their six defensemen that they're playing right now yeah you can look at that and say this is a cup contending defense core right you just can't
0: yeah no, that's good. A good insight for sure. Cause
1: you know, we were talking
0: about that and just always, uh, you know, curious on how you guys observe these situations. Like something like that, a detail like that, that all of a sudden immediately you think that there's something larger going on. And, and that's just from experience, right. And understanding how these things operate.
1: And it may not happen right away. Like, right. These things also time, take time. That's sure. the funny thing about the way the NHL does business like NBA Like, it's, like, boom, that, like, they just get down to business. In the NHL, there's, like, this dance that, like, GMs have to go through that I don't understand why. It's kind of, like, these conversations actually start, like, right now, like, November, December, just, like, a general feel-out call. It's, like, yeah, kind of, like, you know, like no rat off. I like these six guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When really like they're only interested in one, but you're throwing out six, so that's just like it's not painfully obvious. Yeah. Even though everyone knows. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you end up like like later on in January like, well, oh, kind of down to like three guys." And it's like, "Okay, well like just just do it."
0: Yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah, right. do it. Yeah. And
1: the other thing that I've learned doing this is GMs are afraid to make the call. They yeah. don't want to seem like obvious or vulnerable or whatever they don't They also don't want information getting out Yeah, right. that they could just, just get in there and pull the trigger, like be a killer, get yeah. it done. Yeah. Right? Right. right.
0: Yeah. Why drag it out? Right. I mean, I mean, I don't mind cause it's, it's good them. for me. Yeah.
1: yeah it's right. Speculation, but like <laughs> yeah, right. just do it. Yeah. It's painful at times.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. I, can I, remember. I remember a num- number of times where uh like when Homer was a GM, like he would be like, uh, Hey, give your buddy in San Jose a call and just, fish around about this guy, see what kind of guy he is. So, you know, I'd, like, call... Oh, yeah, the guy check. Yeah, I actually right. get that a lot. Yeah, hey, what call, do you know about this guy? Yeah, is he a good right? guy or bad guy? So, <laughs> I would call my, you know, the equipment guy and make it about something else and be like, oh, I was watching you guys last night. How, how's, you know, this How guy? that guy? Yeah, how's, how's Marlo? Like, pretty good dude you know like whoever it may be i'm just yeah. saying and i always used to love that because i was like you know i knew he trusted you're getting it in on the inside I was, yeah, yeah like you know and, yeah. and uh
1: did they ever ask you to make up a jersey for a guy before a deadline to bring it just in case um wow that's a great question i feel like you yeah. saw edmonton got caught a few weeks ago right did they get caught well they it, it, it was an accident so their equipment oh. guy so last so the story is last year before the deadline they were going out on a trip and they're I guess their assistant GM or someone said, hey, here are like four guys we might trade for. Can you make up nameplates and throw them on a jersey and bring them with us just in case we end up making the trade? Anyway, summer goes by, trade doesn't happen. They do one of those like garage sales where they throw like everything from the equipment room out for sale. <laughs> yeah. And they dropped out a Carson Soucy jersey no Oiler, a Susie jersey with an Oilers, Susie on an Oilers jersey. Yeah. And someone was like, well, wait a second. Like, this guy is an active NHL player for Seattle. Right.
3: How did this happen? That never. Um, actually, the more I think about it, it. Spill the I, deets. I, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember making – at the time it would be nameplates. So I do remember th- making some nameplates, but I tell you, what, I have to really sit down and think about it, uh, the names. Shane Doan. What's that? Shane Dunn. Um, No, I don't think – I don't know if I made him one, but uh, – I'd have to really think, but I I did I did make some nameplates, didn't do jerseys because we back then we well you just glue, we would t- well, tape, you just, uh, just sew a nameplate name on plan, you and yeah. you had extra jerseys, but um I it's a great question because uh, I know I did do that, but I'd have to really look back and see who it was, like to find the name, yeah, you know right. what I mean? Oh, I oh bet yeah, you if sure. I look back at, at rosters, I can tell you that. That's a great question. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. I didn't hear that yeah. thing with uh, yeah, Edmonton. I didn't either. It's I mean, pretty wild. wild. Yeah, like, right? That is wild. But
3: that's
1: Those are the things, like, I don't know. I'm immersed in, like, Western Canada. That's the wacky part. So I live here in Philly. Like, my day yesterday was, like, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton twice, Calgary twice, Vancouver. Like, I, and, uh, like those are my radio hits for the day. Oh, wow. Well. And I'm, so I'm living in that world all day. Yeah, right. Living in Philly. Yeah, living yeah. in Philly. Yeah, yeah that's,
0: that's crazy, crazy man. Well, that was one of the things we are going to ask you. I, I assumed you mentioned earlier you stayed here the whole time. You have never moved. I always thought you had moved up into Canada, Toronto, specifically when you were working for TSN. But, um, you know, the, the culture between Canadian culture and hockey and in U.S. culture, obviously a huge difference. I mean, what, what what are your biggest observations there?
1: Just how much it's consumed. Like, yeah. it's, they eat, live breathe sleep hockey like yeah they just yeah. do so they the best way i can explain it for someone that doesn't understand it here is like they think about hockey like philly thinks about the eagles yeah right, right. exactly that's yeah, that's its, its own and beast yeah it is its own beast um and so for me that's like i wanted to be in that yeah yeah i wanted to i didn't realize how much it might take over my life in that way because like <laughs> right. i am now consuming all, all consumed by it but um yeah, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it's yeah,
3: it was always fun going into Canadian cities. You, you know, Riles, you played. But, like, the locker room, I couldn't even do anything till after the scrum. You know, after a morning skate, like, you can't even move. Oh And it's yeah, kind of right, cool yeah. because, yeah, you know, it's not like it. that here, obviously. Um, I, I remember Hazy, uh, Kevin Hayes, Mr. Hollywood, he was on the show, and he was telling the story when he got traded to Winnipeg. And after the first game he played, he was in a Starbucks and he's getting his coffee. And guy behind him and goes, Yeah, I'm not sure about that Hayes watching him play last night. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's standing right in front right of the guy. That would have never he's, happened anywhere yeah, else. That wouldn't yeah. have Yeah, it's pretty funny. But uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting that you did stay here. I wasn't sure if you had or not, but uh, that's crazy. Man. What is it like with reporters always being in the way? It no depends uh, on
0: who it is i
1: think i was it, just going to say like there like we i always thought we got along pretty oh, well oh yeah 100% but like there had to be some guys there you were just like this guy is a pain in the ass
3: you, you know what i <laughs> and i i, I, I Wayne was all Wayne fish was always digging him a gumball you he don't like that? <laughs> no, I didn't care. It bo- Harry, it bothered Harry. I'm yeah. oh like, who cares? I used to laugh because he'd be like, he's over there digging in the gum, like taking gum and stuff in his pocket. Mm-hmm. But he was always nice to me, and I got along with you guys. And, and I, we we kind of like, I'm older than you, but like I was, I think I talked to you more than anybody. Um, try, that immediate. was my
1: thing. like Just try and be a human being. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I never wanted to come in and be a robot. Like just be someone right. that you can relate to. I, I think it helped being younger too. Yeah. But like, in talking to you as a player is just like hey like instead of sticking a recorder or microphone in your face right away like ask him about something going on like just like chit chat yeah Yeah, like just try and have a small conversation some guys are really good at it like some players were like super personable and like you could talk about anything and other guys are just like just did not have the time of day for you and that's fine but like, I just try to be relatable. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, the biggest thing that guys
0: want, right? I mean, it's like the last thing they want is an awkward guy being weird, lurking and, you know, and yeah, while you're lurking, getting dressed. You know they're like, coming. They're, you know they're you're what, taking standing your around.
1: gitch off and like you're like, <laughs> yeah, standing the, the, there staring, and it's like it's kind of like
3: oh, like should we go now? Like, yeah. are you ready?
1: Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, the awkward. lurker. No, I, no, I think thinking back, like I, I think I, I would always say hello to everyone because I just. You know, like you said, you just want to be nice. You're busy, to I don't want to be in your way. Um, but yeah, I think I talk to you more than I probably talk to any any of the reporters. And I ha- I would talk to anyone if they were, you know. We, I don't think I ever talked to you about hockey, though. like not yeah, once just, ever. Yeah, we were just, no, you're right. You're right. Because I also never shit. wanted
1: to be in that spot where someone would come by, like Homer, or someone would be like, "Oh, what, what is he? Who is he? Yeah. This guy, the mole, is he the leak?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because they're always <laughs> on the lookout for yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, like, right. This fucking that, guy you know. is always talking. We,
3: we had a, <laughs> another GM that was way more like that, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, oh man. But uh, Homer was pretty good. But they, you know, it's funny you say that because sometimes they, you know. They would make a comment to me. like. You seem pretty certain, chummy with that guy. Like, well, yeah, what's she saying, you know? Yeah. But uh, no, it's. Uh, I always just try to get along with it. everyone, and no one right. ever really did anything to me.
1: I also so. realized
3: like, not everyone's going to like
1: me either. Like, I am a reporter. Like, I never went into it thinking, like, everyone's going to love me, and I'm going to be friends with everyone. Right. Yeah. I have a job to do. Like try and be friendly try and be polite that's yeah. all you can do. i don't care if you really like me or didn't like me it's just like i hope you can at least reason with me or yeah. respect
0: respect me. yeah yes, exactly 100%. respect my job and what i'm trying to do here talk about you know again you're a philly guy you get an opportunity to cover the flyers you need to maybe talk about that but then the current state of the flyers i'm assuming you were a philly fan at one point uh
1: yeah i grew up a flyers fan yeah um kind of leaves you really quick when you become a journalist but yeah. <laughs> even more so when you're you like that. in the thick of i think i went to every flyers practice and road game for like six years like i don't think i missed right for a long time maybe the odd saturday night here or there because we didn't have a sunday paper but it was like a, it was a lot and once you're on the inside and you see how the sausage is made i you guys could probably both appreciate that you're yeah. like yeah. Right, I'm not a fan anymore. Like you just you can't be. <laughs> right. Because you're actually asked to be objective. Yeah, and That's right. what I was gonna say. I took that really seriously, and I still do today. Um I was gonna tell that story just about the Phillies, like how I kinda like sensed something this year. I like I went out and bought season tickets. No. Like I was like, I want to go to every playoff game, like this team, there's something about this team. It's the first time I've ever been a fan in fifteen years wow. of anything, any sport.
0: Interesting. I don't Based know, I just you lose
1: that and I kinda it sucks. Because, like, I want to take my kids to the game or want to do this or that. Like, I don't wear any gear. Like, I just you lose that part of you, which is fine. But I do kind of miss it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Sorry for the quick break. Just a quick shout out to our sponsor, DLI Commercial, a premier commercial construction and building maintenance company offering support at every phase. Thank you for your support. Check them out at DLI Commercial for all your construction needs back to the show
3: i was gonna say you know like growing up as a fan like you said you have to be honest with your job and uh, mike Rupp, we had him on a few weeks ago and he was kind of saying the same thing he's like you know you don't want to call a guy out but i gotta give my opinion and you know and it is an opinion Right, like that's what he said. Yeah, it's kind of I mean, funny. He's like, it's it's our job to do that. And for you, like I can imagine, you know, and and you were young, but probably way above your years uh, with the knowledge you have of the game and everything. But uh, that had to be tough. But it it's your job, and you have to do it. I think it's really
1: easy to be critical. Like anyone can do it. But my big thing was don't make it personal.
3: Right. Right.
1: Because yeah. right. too often it like bleeds over and guy like yeah. It, guys make it seem a lot more harsh than it needs to be. Yeah. Like, as a, as a pro hockey player, you know when you screwed up. Yep. Like, you don't need some – like, it's right. it's might be someone's job to point it out, but, like, you don't need to go any further
3: than that.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah they,
3: you know – Michael Layton knew he let a bag goal. In. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, I mean, yeah. yeah. You, know, you have to ask him about what happened on it. I yeah. fucking went in. Yeah, like, it shouldn't have. You know. But I guess this is the questions. You know, like that. Yeah, you
0: know, the hard like, questions you have to ask. Yeah, you right? Have just to. Just, ask just tell them, the story, right? There's I mean, one it's...
1: guy I never really got got on with. No? no, really. There's like really two guys in that whole sort of tenure that I could just never relate to. Michael Layton was one, and Jeff Carter was another.
0: Okay, Kurtz, you I'm not surprised off. about Curtis. Yeah. yeah. just because you couldn't
1: like you couldn't shoot the shit like like mike richards i could always talk to like we talk about anything like it was never a long conversation but he'd at least you know say hi and like you know whatever we talk about a million things but jeff would be like Boom! I'm out. Like yeah. I, I, got no time for you. Well,
0: if it makes it feel any better, he turned he turned down uh, the-, the request to come on Nasty Knuckles. So
1: uh, he's,
3: yeah. we'll
0: wait until he's done. wait until he's done. Yeah, but
1: we kind of crazy. It. He's still playing. Too. Like, yeah, he's, well, yeah he's, he's, had he's had a hell of
0: a career. No kidding. Skate yeah, Taffer, he's built.
1: Like, he's like
3: one a, of those bow legged freaks. Yeah, you ever see him walk? Oh yeah, he's <laughs> built for hockey. Yeah, we we Riley and I went up to his <laughs> to London years back. Oh yeah, for this golf tournament. What a weekend that was but uh <laughs> it was funny riles was like i've got a train and kurtz like yeah we're gonna go work out so we get to the gym and and i'm like i jump on a treadmill and i'm going for a run kurtz ran about seven minutes yeah and then he went and did some curls I'm going to the, the sauna, boys, yeah. and then he comes out. Like, Let's go eat. Yeah. We've been there 16 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. He's like, it's Jeff! It's the executive I, workout, dude." Have yeah. you ever seen him? Yeah, he's oh like yeah. A Greek He's got dog. zero fat, yeah. zero yeah. body fat, <laughs> and eat and eat uh, McDonald's two McGriddles. Oh, McGriddles, yeah. I'm like. Like unreal his body like but he and still were, looks he, like that dude i yeah. look at food and i yeah. Get yeah. Like, <laughs> I can hear myself getting fatter when i look at it but um that's funny He said doesn't surprise me about carts though because uh, yeah he's no, not i know don't realize me at all like,
0: yeah so
1: Leighton had one time he absolutely fucking undressed me late really? yeah in the locker that's room so and he was like i forget exactly the story but it was something like you did you call my family did you call my dad or something and he's like, he's yelling at me. He's like, I know it was you. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man. <laughs> he's like, no, you you, you called my – you called, it was like my coach or my agent or somebody. He's like, you called my family, like blah, 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 like trying to find out information on him because he was – remember he kind of like came in off the waiver wire and I remember, yeah. like, who is this guy? Like, then he starts a bunch of games in a row. They like, win. Like, I'm like, ah, dude, bro, I, I, if I did, I would just tell you. Like, yeah, roughly, yeah, right. And he, he's yeah. like, it was a reporter. Your last name begins with an S. So, it turns out it was Anthony Sanfilippo. Oh, okay. It was <laughs> Not me. And he's, he's in my face, pointing at me, yelling at me. Oh, man. Like,
0: dude,
3: wow. I'd take a lot to get
1: late. while Yeah, that, that shit, like, okay. So, I don't She's even... Again, nice again I don't even know what it was. And then, it, like, it turns out it was Anthony, and he cops to it or whatever, and he's like... Never apologized. No like, apology. nothing. It was like...
3: Wow just went wow. back to that and I was like I would be the last guy I think yeah. I would think to do that but after that I was like you're dead to me. Who wow. like, sorry. Who was uh speaking of that, like those two guys, who was probably your favorite to deal with when you uh when you were covering the flyers or a couple of them, whatever.
1: Uh, Lappy was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um just and especially as someone he so he was there the first year I got there. And as someone that could kind of, like, steer you, even if it was, like, off the record of just, like, hey, like, hey, what'd you see about this? Like, what do you think of this? He'd kind of, like, steer you in a direction of, like, don't go there or you're on to something. And he would never say anything. Like, he never gave me inside info, like, never anything like that. But, like, he had been around and seen enough stuff that he was, like – Like you could get a sense from how he answered your question whether you were on the right track or not. And as someone who was 21 that walked into that room that had no idea, like I I mean, I had covered a lot of stuff and experienced a lot of different things, but had never done a full season where you're in the grind every day. That that was extremely helpful.
0: That's awesome. I'm not surprised. He's a great guy, man.
1: Yeah,
0: he's He's a a pro. Yeah, he just knew knows how to deal with people and and media, obviously.
1: My first, so my first year. It was 2009-10 when they went to the final and um they start started the season in Florida do you guys remember this there was like you guys had a tr- like a bonding trip the first game of the season was in Florida on the road I th- it was like either I thought it was Carolina first yeah that no year. you're right it Carolina. was but then maybe like two weeks later it was like in October nothing's going on and there was like six days between games of like a Friday or Saturday night in Florida, and it was just an absolute bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you, we, uh, for whatever reason, I was staying at the same hotel. I saw you guys everywhere. Yeah. Elbow room, every yeah, single place in Fort Lauderdale. And then, dude, one day I came in and I was just absolutely, like, <laughs> even at the skate the next day, I was buckled and <laughs> you came over said something prong said something like a bunch of guys are like dude you look like you died <laughs> <laughs> J- john stevens was still the coach then there was a before he oh, got, the before, the before, he got before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, Johnny Crazy. went not like that. Eh? What, a team, what a team bonding trip that yeah. was. Oh, you guys yeah, were fishing God. and doing like oh, a whole yeah, bunch yeah,
0: of yeah, that. Yeah, I remember, uh, I remember yeah. that.
3: Yep. Yeah. yeah, That was a that
0: was a good good trip. Good year <laughs> all bonanza. around, man. That was that's a, a great word for it. <laughs> yeah. it, it. It really
1: was. Like, it was over the top. It was like, hey, we're gonna send a bunch of NHL guys down to
3: Florida for five days before yeah. a game.
0: Who thought that went through? Yeah, uh, I don't know,
3: but I'm glad they did. Uh, yeah, right. That's, that w- they, no, no, I was going to say, that wasn't G's rookie party. That was in Miami. No, that was, yeah, yeah, that that was, that was a few years before. But anyway. Oh, that's, that's awesome. amazing. Yeah, cool. it, w- it was. We had a few of those. Yeah, that, a few rodeos. And it's funny because Johnny was coaching in, and, and, you know, he wasn't big on that stuff, but Lavi was. Lavie yeah. took us, a, a, did Mr. a lot. Mr. Dry of,
1: Island?
0: Before <laughs> before <laughs> the Dry Island was introduced, probably, right? Like we yeah, Dry Island, <laughs> holy
1: cow So I'm going to come clean on that story So that was actually my story Oh, was it? Dry Island Was it? Yeah And I So I was new, still kind of new-ish to the beat Yeah, And I was a little afraid of how to handle it Based on like I wanted guys to still talk to me after And so we ran it through a guy on the gossip team or whatever at the paper And he he put his name on it
3: Oh, wow! Dry
1: Island. Why well, was
3: it? Did it get a lot of bad feedback? I don't no, know. it became like a thing. Yeah, like I mean, every yeah, Now yeah, it's yeah. like everybody. I see hashtag Dry Island shit on, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, Every I, I single never...
1: person, like Canada, like wherever you go, like people still talk about Dry Island, like oh, the wow. term. So
0: you're the you're, you're the leak of Dry Island. I'm not. I'm not.
1: <laughs> like I'm not saying it to take credit. I'm no, just I saying like it, No, no. That was like funny. that was my thing. Like I was like I heard that. That
3: Richards and Carter didn't put their name up. I didn't put my name didn't. on there hey, either. You know what? I For some reason, we all had to, like, I was in that meeting. Were you on? Did I, you sign up? No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, it was an honesty thing, too, right? If you're going to put your yeah, name up odd. on there, you better, stay, you better stay dry, yeah. right? It was one of those things you're just going to, you know, put your name I, on there and then not it was participate. Awkward.
3: I, I felt well, like yeah, kind of bad.
0: It puts guys in an interesting spot.
3: Yeah, because if you're a young kid on the team, how do you not raise your hand? You know, with the coach, you know. Well, okay. it was
1: kind of a power move. Like it was a bully, was a move, more or, or less sure. power. Yeah, yeah. Move.
0: It, was, it, was, it was a little bit. Of, maybe, I it, still remember the little quote little.
1: from Homer. He said something like, "That's our inner sanctum that you're writing about." Like he was
0: like oh, so really, upset hey, that that story came out. Really? Hey?
3: I think a lot of people were. Wow. Huh. Well, I do. Obviously, I remember. But we always kind of laughed about. The
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it was, was kind of a it was kind of a joke, right? Yeah, like, because, it, 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 like you said, it was, it was kind a
3: critical of, time of
1: the year. It was like maybe like March, right? Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was right. a little bit
0: of a power yeah. squeeze, right? Yeah. I mean, it was... You guys
1: were stumbling down the stretch. We
0: were, man. I, I, I remember, remember there
1: was that one game in Nashville. You guys lost toward the end of the year that it was like, Are oh, they man, they might in? not make the playoffs now. Yeah. Like, you had, like, an eight-point lead, and were, like it was choking it away. It was
3: crazy. That whole year was It was, it was, crazy. It was a crazy Winter year. Winter Classic. That yeah. was an insane year. Yeah. But that was um, maybe the best year of my career, if you want to call it a career. 'Cause we, we got to play in the second outdoor game in, in uh, Boston, like you said. I was fortunate enough to be on the twenty ten Olympic team, losing the gold medal game and then losing the finals. Oh, yeah. But what a run. I mean, that year was probably my it was best year. Right? It, it, but incredible. that whole year, like you said, Frank, like coming down the stretch there, I mean, all those games were so big. I remember us winning <laughs> a game on the island and uh Patrick Thorson. Oh was yeah, playing with Richie. I remember he. Remember Thor. Yeah, he scored a took huge, one in the, nuts. the balls, yeah. oh, oh, did he ever, man? That poor the guy. Diaper that there. was
1: actually a great quote too from Homer. Like, so as a media guy, some of the things you remember. He's like, he did his he did his press conference live on TV after the game, and he said something <laughs> like, uh, "What happened with Patrick Thor?" Like everyone knew the question, right. like what happened. He's like, he. Took one in the testicle. And he said <laughs> testicle, but then he's like, Am I allowed to say that on live TV? It was like, You already did. You already so did. Like, right. Don't worry. Right.
3: That <laughs> poor guy was I was on the bench, obviously near the sticks, and I could hear him. Mm. And that place is loud. You know how it is in Washington. I could hear him. Oh, it yeah. was one of those ones like everyone in the press I was like, oh, oh, dude. I could hear him back. 25, 30 yards in the medical room. That was no joke. Screaming. Oh, my God. What a warrior he was. The Viking He was a good dude. Great dude. dude. Is that the year of the seven
1: goalies? No, no. no, That was was later. I
3: was still there. That was later. You know what's funny, uh, Frank? Like, you play hockey, so you understand. He came, and then we picked him up uh, from Edmonton. Right. uh, And he flew in, and his gear didn't make it. And we played that Ah. night. And he's like, I'll wear anything. So That's really hard for a guy to do. Hmm. He were used someone else's skates and other gear, brand That's new gear. Crazy. Like, he just wanted to play. I'm like, this guy's unbelievable, and what a guy Yeah, he he he's a good dude. He didn't yeah. stick long. No, there were a he- lot of characters. Well, he, went over, he went over and got paid yeah. over in
0: Russia there.
1: There was a lot of characters that came through over the years, guys yeah. that weren't here for a long time, but right. yeah. they're like, man.
0: Dennis Telpeco. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Like I was thinking like Ole Christian Tollefson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, team. Um, We totally, ended up yeah. with B.L.A. Who, was, who was, was that kid? Um, so there was Oscars, Bartoulos. was talked to him the other day. Super nice guy. Yep. This kid's then, a goalie. Um, There's another defenseman that played on that 2010 team that like anytime he touched the puck, you're like, oh, my God.
0: Ryan Parent. Ryan Parent.
3: Yeah. yeah that, he had
1: like a – remember that one-cup final game? He played like 28 seconds. Like, it was like, you got one shift, and that's yeah, all you were getting.
3: Right. Uh, was, his partner could skate well. Really it was his well. partner. That, uh, yeah, number the two. third pair. He, he was, was the check kit. Oh, that's it. Yeah, right, yeah. right,
0: yeah. Man, can he skate? Yes. I yes.
1: remember, so sitting in the press box, anytime those guys got out there, someone would be like, Lucas! Like, it was like, get <laughs> off the ice. Like, this guy cannot <laughs> <out> play.
3: <laughs> <laughs> fucking prongs played 40 out. minutes, yeah, and you know, don't right. even you need a. You don't need the third pairing. Unreal. Yeah. Um, real, real quick, Frank, because I know you're a busy man. You got to go. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on the Flyers right now? Obviously, f- five of your top six basically forwards are out. Like, what what are you, what are you seeing? I, I think more like thirty thousand foot view.
1: Um, and I I think every person in the fan base will understand this when I say it. This organization has lost its soul.
0: Yes, yeah, we said this plenty of times.
1: It, it is a soulless operation, and that's not a knock at all on Chuck Fletcher. Um, it's way bigger than that. When, when Mr. Snyder died, mm. and he always made me call him Ed, um, something changed. It just oh, did, and it's never been the same. And. They need to find that before they can get where they're going.
0: Yeah, I agree. And how do you do that? Is, is, that, is that like a corporate mothership? Can you take strangle holding the spirit of the organization? Is this, I like think a, so. is this private ownership? Like, how do you see I think that's chain? what you need. Honestly, yeah, right. I
1: think at some point, and it, it, look, it's a fact of business Comcast is going to get out. They just mm. will. I don't yeah. know if it's tomorrow. I've had plenty of people call me. Uh, well, you know, think of like, um, Ryan Reynolds and his situation right now trying right. to buy the Sens. yeah I get people that call me all the time saying, what do you know about the flyers? Are they for sale? Hmm. Because yeah. I'd like to put together a group to buy them.
3: Yeah. We know. Yeah. We
1: we know. yeah I'm we sure buy. you've gotten yeah. all these calls. Yeah. yeah. A few times. We yeah. People that could put a group together of one core billionaire and then a bunch of ancillary investors. Yeah. yeah. They just need it. And I, it's, you know, it's nothing personal. It's not. Anything against Dave Scott or Valerie Camillo or anyone else, they need that because they've lost the essence of what it meant to be a flyer.
0: 100%. Because. Yeah, the culture has been yeah, – yeah, since – Ed. And passed. I don't
1: think they can get to where they're going to get to until they have it.
0: I agree, especially since like Philly, uh, say, uh, compared to all NHL teams, there's a few other teams in there, like old school teams that had a culture ingrained in – their identity was like very defined early on, right, and – to not only, like, lose that, right? Broad Street bullies are long gone, but, like, really the right. culture of what the Flyers represents, right, is, like...
3: I think Torch is, is, is trying to bring that part back in their yeah. play. But, but, but I think I think he's the you worst say coach for this that. team
0: right do, now. Do you
1: think so? I
0: think
3: really? he's
1: the worst coach for... This team needs to bottom out.
3: Yeah. We, we've heard that. And so, we've heard that.
1: because they hired John Tortorella, they're going to be, like, a 75- to 80-point team just based on sheer work ethic right. and compete even with all the injuries they have i uh, my that's my guess somewhere 69 75 80 points somewhere in that range like that's what they're on pace for right now and i know they had a great start and have, have lost a bunch since but I, I just i don't know why that makes any sense it's to pay a big come in to pay a big money coach right now with where they're at it's almost like what they're experiencing right now is they're they're caught in the middle
0: yeah, right. I yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's
1: not in this organization's nature to bottom out. Right. Yeah. No one wants that. No one can live with that. And especially you see it at, at the arena. Like, no one shows up for it.
0: Yeah. yeah was it, do you think it was hiring him was just, like, the, the sexiest coach you could dangle for just, just to show the, the fan base that you're, you're, you want to trend in the right way, that you were trying to build this culture back? Like, I mean, because so- he's known as the hard ass, you know, like...
1: Yeah, and I don't think that's changed. After 16 years in the league, a 1,400 career NHL games, he's not changing. Right, right. So if you expected him to come in and be a kinder, softer, gentler towards, it's not happening. No, yeah. Um, but I noticed specifically how the what they were trying to say about this team changed. Because think back to the summer, you know, I think they kind of understood this summer, but two summers ago, where it was like, "Hey, we're bouncing back. Like this is our year. Like we're gonna come yeah. back." And they were kind of lost on where this team actually was at in terms of overall skill level, mm-hmm. and now these injuries have compounded that. And so then instead of being like John Tortorella could be the guy that brings us back and get everyone back on track, all of a sudden it became the talking point was. Look how young our lineup is. Look how many guys we have in there that are under the age of 25. Mm. And that's great, but when you stack the flyers up against every other team in the East, without even mentioning the West, you're you're in the bottom 5 in yep. terms of overall talent.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And the problem is they don't have a lot coming. Like yeah, it's right. not like the pipeline is stacked where you can get really excited about the future part of it.
0: Yeah. It's You're a t- right. it's a really tough spot it's to tough, be. Yeah.
1: I think in today's NHL, the exact worst place you can be is no man's land. Yeah, which is yeah. not near enough the bottom and not close enough to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah. you end up being in denial almost, right? And just keep keeps like slowly having these small patches just to kind of get through and get by. But um, people that know see what's happening, and it's
1: and I think they faster. recognize that too. Not going after someone like Johnny Gaudreau, they're like, well, how we could add Johnny, but to what point? what end is that is that going to put our team over the top probably not yeah one guy's not
3: no hmm.
1: i think he would have helped but look at columbus like he goes to columbus yeah. and that team obviously they've had injuries too yeah but he's not putting that team over like he's not taking a non-playoff no. team and putting them in the playoffs yeah
0: right right yeah. How do you see this playing out? They get they get healthy? I mean, they're not a playoff Are they going to get healthy? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, no one knows well, that's that. that's a good question. Like, <laughs> like yeah. if, they
3: were, if they were healthy, do you think they make the playoffs? No. No, I really? don't think
0: so either. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good question. True. Do they get healthy? Yeah. I mean, this just seems like this. There's this really no is guarantee.
1: Like, yeah. Right. And I, and it's like the Sean Couturier back injury. I think is really scary. That is scary. That's
0: scary. We talked yeah. about that.
3: Oh yeah, a while back. That's, That's concerning. It's, yeah,
0: And you know, is. his stage of his career. I mean, you can't do that. anything without your back. No. no. Yeah. Right. No. You're
3: right. Yeah. Um, and
1: then there's gonna be piece. There's gonna be some other pieces that are leaving. Yeah, you know, James Van Riemsdyk is going to be a trade target. He's going to make it onto my board at some point. Yeah, yeah. he still scores twenty five a year. Yeah. Like ooh, somehow, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he no does. one. It's he's a talented net front scorer. Like he just is.
3: Yeah, yeah he is. He, um, yeah.
1: I mean, you're going to need to have larger conversations at some point about what happens with Travis Konechny, what happens with Provorov. Yeah. Like, if you really are going to tear it down, you need to begin to accumulate assets, and the only way to do that is trade pieces of value.
0: Right.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. When do you think that this this starts dismantling Is this like right after Christmas and you, know, like just like, you know Do they start dangling Some of these carrots
1: I wonder early? if they're still lost honestly yeah. That's the only thing is I don't know if they fully see
3: it, it I, w- no, I, I was going to say yeah, that I, I don't know that. if they do Because I really John Torrella
1: was out there saying Last week like it wasn't long ago Saying we can't judge this team until we have them fully healthy And right. I'm like
3: hmm. yeah,
1: what What is it that you're going to see
3: yeah, it's I mean, hard
1: to be a real because then it, there's a whole business component. We just talked about this. Like, if you're in for five, five years, eight years of pain, whatever that number is, it's yeah.
3: No, you're right. It's
1: hard to stomach.
3: Yeah, it is. It
1: you got to be ready and willing to sign up for it and commit to it. Yeah. And they got halfway through it with Ron Hextall, and then they they were tired Bad of and
0: it. Chip, yeah, yeah. How long does Chuck have in this mess? I mean, it's it seemed like if 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 they were to continue the way they were going start of the year then you, obviously a shelf life extends throughout maybe this year I mean it's the way it's going right now I think in injuries factor in firing of a, a general manager or is it just kind of like stop the bleeding and
1: I don't have an answer like <laughs> yeah. I really don't I I would imagine the clock is ticking like just based on time right, right. like right. if you think the average NHL coach gets two and a half years the average GM gets four four and a half years like it's kind of amazing. Like Chuck Fletcher is already kind of hitting that number. He's yeah. been in, in yeah. place longer than you realize. Yeah. Um. I guess it depends what kind of confidence and commitment he can get from the people at the top in yeah. terms of what his vision is. There have been guys that have been really successfully able to sell a rebuild and a full-scale teardown. Mm-hmm. But usually, if you look back in history, they've had success before they experienced that. Like the Montreal Canadiens went to a, uh, an Eastern conference final or, or whatever, like yes. go through the team. Mark Bergerman was able to then stay for the next, you know, six, eight years and figure it out. Yeah. The flyers haven't had that kind of success under Chuck Fletcher to maybe warrant that runway that he, that another GM might get in a right. different situation.
0: Right. And then I think his words were aggressive retool, which I'm not sure, sh- I'm not sure where that falls. It's kind of like, you know, man's land, right? I mean, it, it, Aggressive retool would it's be like adding a Scrabble, th-
1: right? Like, what what is it? What, what does aggressive retool mean? Like, yeah, right.
3: it, well, exactly. I said well, right. I, in my opinion, a, an aggressive retool would have been getting Johnny yeah, Drew, right. even yeah. though you're right. you know you, you may not think yeah, it's some pieces like that a little more than. To me, that's an aggressive retool, and getting your players back. Like you didn't plan on Coots right. being out till March or whenever it is, but or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, Frank. We know you got to go. You're a busy man. We appreciate you. Hopefully we could do some more stuff with you. I do have to say one thing. You pulled on my heartstrings a little bit when you talked about your son playing. Uh. The, uh, if you want to tell that story real quick. That's that actually was, how I saw Riles awesome. the other day. Yeah, right. um,
1: I was like walking up the stairs in the section they gave us tickets in. And I was like, oh, and I, I wasn't sure if you recognized me. I just was like waved and said hi. And um, but yeah, Mites on Ice the other night. My guys ate um, for me just like my. So I've seen yeah, I've. Been around Elvis a little bit when he was little And coming in the locker room and seeing your Instagram My guy is the total opposite of Elvis He's (laughs) very shy Reserved Not a great hockey player Like I coached the team He's probably like out of 10 guys Like our 8th best player he doesn't score a lot. Mites on ice the other night. Scores in the intermission. That's Not so only that, cool. but a sick selly. Yeah. Yeah. And he. So it was like this kid that shows no. Ma- I don't even know that he watches hockey to like know like, <laughs> hey, this is what your selly would be like. Yeah. And he did it. I like, dude, I almost fell over. That that was awesome. so I, cool. I yeah,
3: love it. hearing that story. That was that was awesome. Yeah, yeah so that's that cool. great.
0: Beautiful. Well, I appreciate you, Frank.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad to connect with you guys and yeah, see you guys. Yeah, right
0: absolutely.
3: Now. We'll see you soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
3: All right, Riggs, big thanks to Frank Cervelli for joining us, make coming over in studio. So much better that way. Yep. Um, really enjoy his insight. He does an unbelievable job as an insider. It's amazing talking to him and, and, and uh, f- seeing all the ways that the, all, all of that works. Um, it's really interesting, actually.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and it's a different perspective. You know, I, obviously a player in, in coaching – just different perspectives from all these different angles. Then you, you look at a true insider and, yeah. and 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 their angle, their agenda, right? It's obviously a lot different than getting some information around an opponent, right? right. When, when, you know, as your coach, you're, you know you're digging around, sniffing around for system stuff, but. In his world, he's sniffing around for you know yeah. leads on movement and potential movement and and weaknesses and organizations this and that. So it's always interesting to, to hear that because there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes that most people, even hockey guys, don't really right. know necessarily what's going on and how this all works. So
3: I, I thought it was really interesting when he said he just paid attention to everything that was going on, even like maybe watching to see what I was doing. Hundred percent. Because right? I mean now once he said that I'm like man there's a lot of times I would do things and it was also sometimes I would wait like say pack a bag for a guy getting called down I would wait for the media to get out you know what I yeah, mean? Oh yeah, like for things sure. Things like that, I would always wait. Of course, but there could be sometimes where I, you know, not thinking, you do something, but I, very smart of him. Like when he was, you know, in the locker rooms to to, to watch things like yeah. that. Because even look around, you you know, like we talk about the jerseys or nameplates, you might see a nameplate laying around. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, you never know. So, uh, really cool talking to him. Hopefully, uh, we'll be doing some more things with with Frank. He's awesome. one hundred
0: percent. Yeah, and just just build off your last point there. You know, looking back when you kind of observe some of the media guys standing around, lurking around, you always wonder like, you know, like what are they, doing what are they really doing <laughs> yeah. here? But it makes a ton of sense. They're just being a fly on the wall, even though they're standing right there in the middle of the locker room, right? right. They're, they're observing and listening to everything, every conversation, you know, that they're listening to and, and just, yeah. you know, you know, grabbing the information, putting in their back pocket or grabbing the experience, putting in their back pocket to maybe somewhere down the road. Um, Reveal it to to the public. Who knows how that goes? But, uh, yeah, I I always liked Frank. Uh, You know, he was a young guy, as we talked about uh, when I was around, when you were around. um, You know, it's got to be a challenging thing coming in at that age and being around a bunch of pro-media guys but then pro-hockey players and finding your groove and how to communicate with these guys because, as we know, it's not always that easy of a thing to do. No, for sure. So I think we're ready to rock, Nast. All right, well,
3: let's uh, get into our clear questions brought to you by Clear Rum.
0: Yeah, let's go, baller.
3: Uh, first one is from Angry Flyers fan over on Instagram, Massimo. Uh, <laughs> nasty, we know that you were the prank master, but did any of the players ever get back at you? Ooh. No. No, never? I, not that – I mean, you would have to refresh my memory if if someone did, but no. Wow, that's impressive. I don't think Flawless, anyone – I had a couple little things like my keys – and my wallet taped together, uh, but like nothing amateur. to like, yeah, it's amateur hour. Nothing like <laughs> scaring me the way I, you know. the way you get so good. many good stories we could tell at some other time where there were some places, certain buildings where I knew where hiding spots were yeah. and they were unbelievable. And I wish I had more on video, but uh, no, I don't think I ever, uh, none of the boys ever really got me. Yeah. Um
0: I tried a couple of times. Yeah, you it never, tried. Never worked out. It's
3: weird. I don't. I don't get scared by like ah like. Yeah, it's more of I if I if you were in my office and I didn't know and I saw like movement that always makes me. Oh, that yeah, always makes me so, Which is weird, but uh, to answer uh, Max's question now.
0: Well, I gotta say too, and when, when Frank showed up today. His head was on a swivel. you know. He's <laughs> yeah. bobbing and weaving. He was like, I he's, know you, Nast. He thought he was, thought like, he was Wait, getting a snake. He he said, <laughs> I <laughs> was waiting for a snake to
3: pop out. Oh, that's
0: pretty good. We should have oh, got, got him. We should have thought that went through, Nast. Yeah. Where, where were you? I Sleeping know. again. I
3: got Matty Goudreau last week. i you have yeah, to snake? post that. No, not with a snake. Matty, assistant coach with the Rebels. I, I got him pretty oh, good. We got to
0: squeeze that footage out. Yeah. All right, baller.
1: Ricky Libs 19 over on Instagram. Do you guys have any plans to do an on location podcast anywhere?
0: Well, yes. Um, so, well, these last two years, we've had a couple different opportunities present themselves at different casinos. Uh, it was just landed up being logistics, timing. Um, you know, it was then it landed up being Flyers' performance. But yes, we don't have anything concrete right now in the works, uh, some conversations. Um, but yeah, that's the plan. But uh, that being said, in two weeks, Um, From now, on December 4th at the Philly show which is an autograph memorabilia-type yes, show.
3: big, big-time show.
0: Um, a couple of Flyers guys will be there, um, different a- athletes from different sports. But we'll be there. We'll be setting up in the back doing a live podcast. Yes. That'll be our, our next one to answer this guy's question. Um, but then building outside of that, we're planning on uh, actually doing something a little more formal. But, uh, yeah, we'll be at that show. Um, hopefully have a guest or two on um, live. Um, so, um, yes. yeah, stay tuned. Nice show.
1: Uh, last one over on Instagram. Scotty doesn't know. Riggs,
0: what was your favorite memory as a flyer and why? Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. Um, favorite memory as a flyer. Um, not my goal. <laughs> not my first shift. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of the run in 2010. You know that that whole run. I mean, it was like it was insane. And I wasn't even playing. I was just warming up every game, but. To, to be a part of that, you know, that last game, winning the game in a shootout, going to the playoffs, and then just, uh, you know, Frank alluded to it, you know, just like there was something special about the chemistry of that team, something special about what was happening in the locker room, and to be a part of that, you know, even though I was uh, a small, 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 small part of that.
3: Um, I, it wouldn't, was, I wouldn't say that. I was
0: still around it, and I still experienced it, and um, it, it was surreal. And then, you know, that that Boston series, um, the only thing would have been obviously better would to be wrap up um, you know the whole thing with the Stanley Cup win, but um, yeah that 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 stretch that that team uh, was Amazing. it was surreal. Um, so I know it was not a specific moment, um, but um, yeah, just being a part of that chemistry, that team, that run was uh, pretty special. That was awesome. Yeah, so I think that's the wrap for uh, the questions and asked. All right. I do got to make a you know a little um, I do not call it an announcement because it's not, but um, my my little amigo the real knuckles the real Knuckles. 12 years old uh just passed away a couple of days ago yeah. um you know the whole nasty knuckles literally wasn't uh about me it was about you know ripping off his name he's the real knuckles so yeah. um his spirit lives on through the nasty knuckles pod that's right through what we do here uh he was uh one of my one of my best friends a little uh little champ yeah but uh yeah he moved on transitioned into uh a, a different form and uh you know, love him to death, but I yeah, uh, just want to throw best. that out there because he obviously knuckles. I mean, yep. he was uh the spine of the name, or a good chunk of the spine of the name. So, rest in peace, little fella.
3: Yeah, rest in peace. Nux is watching us. He's Nux watching is it.
0: watching us. Yeah, yeah. So that's a wrap, Nast. Episode ninety four in the books. In the books. Be sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel if you guys are liking the content. And uh, reach out with any questions for our Clear Rum questions. And until then, we'll check you out next week for episode 95. See ya. See you guys.
2: Hold up. What was that?